All right, gang, look. We play UVA on Saturday. Nothing much needs to be said about that, but we have a hell of a show here for you to get ready for it. It is 742, Thursday, December 10th. As always, the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by the Main Street Pharmacy, the best pharmacy in all of the New River Valley. Lord Dr. Jeremy Counts will greet you with a smile, and he will treat you like a neighbor, not a number. He's holding it down. We still got our flags. We still got our shirts over there. Check out the Sons of Saturday section and all of the other great things that he has there for you, your COVID needs, your family needs, your cleanliness needs. He's got it all. Shout out to him. Here's the deal. Nobody needs to get you ready for this football game. We've been waiting for it all year. This is all that matters right now. Virginia, Virginia Tech, Commonwealth Clash, period, end of story. Win the damn game. Find a way to get it done. It's hate week. But we wanted to do something different. It's been a tough year. It's been challenging. Okay? You got the pandemic going on. Uh, you got the... It's getting dark at like 5 o'clock. Us salespeople, we're trying to close out Q4. I mean, you know, stuff's just going crazy. So, me, Pat, Grayson, we're kind of brainstorming what can make this better. Hey, why don't we just bring a couple of guests on and just talk about games of rivalries past and some of the keys for the game. So here's here's the dossier. Here's what you're about to get hit with, okay? Chris Long, one of the best to ever do it for the UVA Cavaliers. Son of Howie Long has done some unbelievable things uh, on and off the field. He's obviously won a Super Bowl, uh, two Super Bowls at that. Second overall pick, one of the best to ever do it from UVA uh, and an all-time ACC player, but also just making a huge difference in the community. Uh, Donated an entire year's salary to charity, uh, has done some really incredible things. But he's coming on, talk to him a little bit about his angle from UVA. Uh, can't thank him enough and can't thank everybody on Twitter for helping us get the word to him. Uh, but he was uh, gracious enough to join us. Following that, we're going to bring on Dwight Vick, one of my alt, uh, all-time favorite followers on Twitter. Uh, uh, absolute hokey legend. Um, embodies Uprosum, making a difference in the community and just being a great all-around guy, the voice of reason. Uh, great follow on Twitter, a great read, a great listen. Um, so we're going to be doing a lot of work with him coming up here soon. Um, so stay in tune for that. And then to bring us home, Damon Morgan is going to be sitting down with Pat, uh, talk a little bit about, his, again, his career, what's going on. He's got a big golf outing he's putting together. Um, so we definitely want to uh, listen up for that. One more, uh, one more note here. Hey, beat UVA. Got to do it. You know what else you got to do? You got to have a home where the heart is. You got to be comfortable. You got to know that when I'm done with my schoolwork, when I'm done walking across campus, when I'm trying to unwind, you have the best place to do it. Where is that? It's the Hub Blacksburg. The Hub Blacksburg is next level living. It is absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. We have had listeners write in and say, hey, look, like, Signing my lease with the hub. So excited, you know, for shining a light on this beautiful, beautiful facility. Uh, Going to be the first ones to ever live in it. It's like the new athletic uh, athletic food situation they got going on upstairs at the Merriman Center. First athletes walked in the other day. Got to experience it for the first time. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to be part of the, the inaugural group that does that? I don't know. I would. I would. So, anyway, here we go. The Hub Blacksburg. Check them out. 
Absolutely fantastic. Stay in touch, uh, and we will keep you in the loop with current deals and everything else going on. Um, but without further ado, we got a long podcast here. We got some really exciting stuff coming up for you, and we're going to kick it off with Chris Long right now. Surprise, surprise, Thursday, December 10th, 333. Um, a man of the people, a former NFL uh, NFL man of the year, two-time Super Bowl champion, an All-American at UVA, second overall pick, my father's favorite player's son, Chris Long, <laughs> tweeted at you. I was like, you know what? Who can we talk to from Whoville? Who is, who is a UVA guy that we would love to talk to? And I'm like, you know, if we're not going to try hard, I mean, we're going to go Chris Long. We're going to go bigger. We're going to go home. doesn't say no to podcasts. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have one myself. I know you guys are probably going to plug it anyways. That's not even why I'm saying this. I just believe in, hey, listen, I'm going to come on as many as I can because I'm always asking people to do my shit. And it's, it's great to talk to people, even if they're Hokies, uh, this time of year in the pandemic. So. For sure. No, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite who's of all time, wanted to get you on here to talk about the Commonwealth <laughs> cup and, uh, just kind of get your, uh, get your feelings on it. But Pat, why don't you kick us off here with, uh, with some Commonwealth clash questions? Mm. Yeah, this is a, this is a big week. I know it's a little different. We're all sitting around the Thanksgiving table. We're like, this is a weird feeling. We're totally. not playing the who's tomorrow. We're not playing the who's on Saturday. You know, this is the first time I'm missing in 10 years. Um, but Chris, you know, I was listening earlier on your podcast and, you know, you talking about this game and how much it means to you, but how has it changed for you, you know, since the time that you were a player and now, you know, so many years later as a fan, like what's changed? It's funny. Cause like when I was a player, you know, obviously we got swept. So, you know, I couldn't talk much, but I never like, listen, I, I dislike tech, uh, but I always said that I respected tech. You know, that's something I've been pretty stubborn about. Um, I don't bullshit people on like, I don't like Maryland and I don't respect Maryland. Okay. <laughs> so when people ask me like, who's our rival, I'm like, I guess it's tech, but I kind of can't claim, you know, for the last 15 years, I couldn't claim it as a real rivalry because we weren't winning. And when I was in school, uh, you know, I, it was a hate, but it was a respect. And then like, the next five years, every bar I'd go to was how many times you beat tech, how many, how many days, you know, like the whole thing. And for four or five years of my career, I actually cared a whole lot. Like it bothered me that we never beat tech. Like I, I said on my pod, I used to have these recurring dreams that I used to be in the locker room and I'd be late to the game trying to get my pads on. And I'd hear names out there of guys that we were playing against or Sean Glennon or, you know, Jamil Sewell. The, the, and I'm like, I can't get my pads on. So it was obviously bothering me for four years, but then one day they just stopped. And I don't know what it was. Like, I just stopped caring as much about it. I still, every Saturday or every every year for one week of the year, like it's for 15 years, I was like, can we please just get a win? You know, like <laughs> it, my whole week revolved around it, but it didn't bother me walking around or anything like that. And now it's fun because we won and we're back in the mix. So like, honestly, and I'm not even like rubbing it in. It's nice to have it for a year. So it can feel like more of a rivalry. I think it's good for the ACC. I think it's good for for our school, obviously. And, you know, it's good for the fans. 
I completely agree. I was just talking to Dwight Vick a little earlier today about it. It's better when both teams are competing. It was fun. We were at the game last year, and the environment in Scott was fantastic to finally have a game of that where, A, we're competing to get back in the coastal uh, coastal race. You're competing for the coastal race. That's just more fun. Um, and it's well. – and it's a and it's a mutual respect thing. I've never I've never really hated UVA. I actually my guilty pleasure last year in the tournament uh, or two years ago in the tournament. I love Tony Bennett. I love that basketball team. Just a bunch of grinders, guys yeah. who have been there for years. Ton of fun to watch. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, really looking forward. So to when we lost in basketball, I mean, like, listen, if y'all lost the sixteen one game, I'd be on the roof. So yep, you know, with with a bottle of whatever in, in yep. the evening, and um, <laughs> so I don't. I certainly don't hold it against anybody to root against us. I certainly root against y'all a lot, but sure. you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that listen, like when people are like, yo, don't you hate tech fans? I'm like, tech fans are everywhere. Just like Virginia fans. I'm sure there's some Virginia fans in Southwest Virginia and you know, they're, they're your cousin or your, you know, your mechanic or your, you know, or your, your doctor. Like I got dudes in my wedding that went to tech and you know, it's just, it's just a state divided from a football sense. And like my thing this year in 2020 with the pandemic and everything and all the crazy shit going on around the country, I don't want to hate somebody just because of the team they root for. Now I, want I don't need it. Bass this Sunday, right. but I'm not going to get caught up in screaming at tech fans about like, you know, some, you guys, what, what's the platform here? Can I cuss? I've already cussed twice. You can. Yeah. Let it fly. Go ahead. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to get in some dick measuring contest with a fan over a football rivalry. Like, let's just go play the game. You know what I mean? Uh, we can talk afterwards and bust each other's balls, but like there's people, people. And I said this on Twitter the other night, you guys actually are bad at making people hate you. You suck at making people. Hate I'm glad. I'm glad you, you said that. that. Cause my next question was, if we're not hateable, does that mean that we're likable? What does it like? What exactly does that mean? I don't like, li listen, I don't listen. There's a lot about if I'm being honest, like, listen, there's no, no culture I like more than Virginia football culture. I took a lot of pride in, in the players we produced and Al Grow and, and the toughness that we had as a team. We just couldn't get over the hump offensively and beat y'all. But And I love Charlottesville. I, I wouldn't rather go to school anywhere else. Um, but, you know, like, if I'm being honest, like, there's y'all don't have any real idiosyncrasies that bother me too much. I mean, agricultural school, great engineers, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I got a bunch of buddies. So there's some country folks, but there's some country ass Virginia fans too. Like <laughs> I don't pigeonhole any, I don't pigeonhole any fan base really. Well, a few, but not, I, I don't pigeonhole y'all's fan base. There's just like, what's y'all's identity? Would you say your, your fan base is like, what, what annoys you about Virginia tech fans? Oh, about. I mean, we're, we're, we're pretty unrealistic a lot of the time. I'm going to be honest with you. We're pretty, we're pretty unrealistic. Uh, if we every football fan base, that's true. That's true. That's and true. It does depend, you know, if you compare the Twitter and like the augmented reality fans and actually like the real fans who are not on Twitter and just, you know, have their group chat with their guys. Non eggs so. like the non eggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the non eggs. I don't, I don't find anything annoying about y'all. I mean, the lunch pail things kind of, kind of whatever. And, I don't really think you can use that anymore because, you know, Bud's gone and Frank's gone. Like, it's just not yeah. the same, bro. It's like, not. It's not. It, we got to find something else. Got to find something else. Can't right. be a turnover chain, though, or anything like that. It's got to no. be It's, it's got to be, be something pretty. Oh, you know, that no. shit. When they turn that chainsaw up at Oregon State, I'm like, is this safe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do they have a permit? They have a um, permit to be wielding the chainsaw? <laughs> I don't know. So, um, about, like, listen, okay, the uh, Enter Sandman. It's cool with me. 
I listen to it on the regular. I played it for my kids the other night because if we beat y'all, I'm going to post a video of my kids jamming out to <laughs> So, like, listen, there's plenty of things you guys do that I'm like, yeah, it's live in Blacksburg. It's super sure. loud. When people ask me when the loudest place I played, it's always Blacksburg. But, you know, it just is what it is. It's, it's football, and, and we want to kick y'all's ass, and you guys have enjoyed it for 15 years, and now hopefully we get a turn. You know, um, other than the fan base on the field, you mentioned a couple of guys from tech earlier, but as far as hateable guys or guys that you just hated going up against, uh, you know, I want one from each. Who is the best player that you had to go up against? And then who is the best trash talker from Virginia Tech? Man, best player. You guys had one wide receiver my senior year, and I don't remember his name, but he said something that I remember him saying something that kind of stopped me in my tracks. Uh now, the best player, I, I got a lot of respect for Dwayne Brown. He's not the – me and him had a lot of battles, and I won some, he won some. But he's a guy who's still playing um, and had a great pro career. He's still doing it. And I just thought, like, uh, from a mutual respect standpoint, me and Dwayne Brown were pretty cool. And then also, like, my, my um, rookie year, uh, me, me and Vince Hall went in together in St. Louis and me and Vince Hall were tight. We were thick as thieves, you know, like it was one of those things that we had been competing against each other for four years, but he loved the way I played. I loved the way he played. And we couldn't wait to go drink together or just like hang out or, you know, sit on the couch and play video games. Like you couldn't do that for four years, but when we got done, you know, and we were in camp with the Rams, uh, we were really close. So, you know, uh, there's, there's a t- pal. I still keep up with Carlton Powell. Um, on the field, I hated going against Ed, Ed Wang because he always used to get away with holding. Ed Wang. He used to get away with holding. There was a play senior year. Fans remember it better than I do because this is 11 years of football ago. But before the half, we're, if we beat you guys, we go to the ACC championship, right? Um, and you guys won fair and square. But take one touchdown off the board there. That changed everything before the half. I mean, I was getting just uh, groped around the neck by old Ed. Uh, by the by, Ed Wang and uh, and uh, y'all went in the half up what like ten or fourteen or something. It just changed the whole game. Uh, in terms of last year, twenty nineteen, again Scott Stadium, incredible, like an unbelievable environment. I mean, we went to Notre Dame yeah. that year. We had some great home games that year, but Scott Stadium, I imagine it hadn't been like that in a decade, uh, and everybody showed up. Uh, and a couple yeah. of things you said after the game, it was the perfect. It was like. When, we, when y'all took the lead, I was like, there's no way we're going to lose. We've done this for 15 years. They've mm-hmm. choked it away every time. There's no way. And what Tech fans need to understand, you said it. This was the right team to end the streak. Y'all were the better team. You had the better player. Bryce Perkins is a legend at UVA, like you've well, said man. before. Yeah. Um, but were, were you there? Kind of what was what was oh, that yeah. like to be, oh, yeah. uh, to be now, there for that? Now, now that, because like I said, like I can't say I haven't cared about the games. Like my wife will tell you, I've had to take like – a bunch of Benadryl to go to sleep after a game. I've been so frustrated in St. Louis on a Saturday watching y'all beat us. And it felt like after Al left and, you know, even in the Mike London days, I can remember like early on the game, we had to start Vic Hall. Like we should have beat y'all. We didn't beat y'all. y'all. Y'all won fair and square. There were other games like even in Broncos tenure early in Blacksburg. I was like inexcusable. We lose that game. You know, the game we had a lead and uh, we just got, we got kind of, um, I don't know. We, we stopped being aggressive. And um, these years, they run together. But there was something about last year. Okay, like for me, my first football season out of football where I can just freely go to games. 
a bunch of people were back. We have Bryce Perkins. We are actually probably the better team this year. We have you right where we want you. Everything was so tense. It felt like if we lose this game, we might lose another five years in a row Mm -hmm. because that's the thing with streaks. I mean, there is a mental component there. And when you get conditioned after a while in that rivalry to saying something's going to go wrong, eventually players, they didn't even have to be there four years ago. They just know something's going to go wrong. And we never had that feeling because we were at the beginning of the streak, but we started it. And so I apologize to those guys. But the fact that they were able to win a game where we had packed the stadium, everybody came back in town for it. It's literally the 15th year. You know Bryce is leaving. You're not going to have another chance. That was the most – I mean, like, that's the way you break the streak, to your point. And that long run he broke off at the end of the game was – or or early in the game was like, man, dude, like, we got this. If we just Mm -hmm. keep the gas pedal to the floor. And so I was worried about replacing Bryce Perkins. And honestly, you know, there's probably no better – a playmaker that we could have replaced him with, but the, the Armstrong kids pretty good and we're rounding into form. So I like our chances Saturday, man. It's going to be a good football game. Yeah. On that note, um, you know, we got a couple more questions, but got to get a quick score prediction in and a key yeah. to the game from you. I'm going to go. I mean, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Y'all like the over. I like the over. Almost I'm going like to bet the over. over. Yeah. yeah. I like the over, and uh, and I'm thinking it, it's going to be – now, I haven't even looked at the total yet. I just was kind of – I was looking at the line, but um, obviously I'm going to be all in on my boys. But I would say it's probably going to be like a low 30s, high 20s win for us, uh, maybe a four-point game, like 32-28. Um, really fun, a lot of offense. We, we haven't been good in coverage. But, um, like I said, Armstrong could throw the ball around. I think Pole Jan has a big – big day. I love our big, uh, receiver Lavelle, uh, Edwards. Um, so man, like I think we, we throw the ball around the yard a little bit. I worry about our run game, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know much about y'all and that's not me being disrespectful. I, just, I don't know much about us either. Yeah. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know much about us either. We've been up, we've been down. we got a yeah. good running back. Uh, it's been all over the place. Yeah. Got to tip my, got to tip my cap. Bronco's done a great job because yeah. uh, it's such a different recruiting angle and and such a different kind of uh, kind of beast coming over from BYU. But him I didn't and Fonte, think he'd be able to go into Tidewater and get the. Guy I didn't either. Uh, man, like he has done such, and I'm glad you said that. Like, and I was afraid when Fuente uh, got hired because I was like, this guy, look at his face. He just looks like he's gonna. <laughs> I mean, these guys are gonna be. Look at this guy. He's serious. Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and then Bronco comes in, um, and obviously the first game was rough, and we were like, we got a long way to go. But every year he's just closed the gap in general, and he's found new ways to win and improve, and he is selling something different. So this is a big testament to his staff. I think it's really big that they kept on Marcus Hagens, mm-hmm. who's, you know, who's a fixture around here, one of my best friends in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, Clint Sinem, who was my roommate, who was a badass. Yeah. You've got to have those Remember guys him. that played. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what Bronco's done a good job of sprinkling those guys in. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. So last few here, and then we'll let you go. Uh, just want to say Charlottesville, awesome city. Any hokey cool. that's any hokey that seriously, any hokey that says otherwise is a You're complete liar. You're I've always had, I've had a good time. Every time I go, I go down, I was actually there a few weeks ago over at alley light. Uh, fantastic, alley light. fantastic little date setting. I had S car go for the first time ever. It was, it was all right. Getting, <laughs> let me make my one Virginia comment. Of the, sure. Uh, 
You're not getting any escargot in Blacksburg. <laughs> no, you're not getting you're not getting escargot in Blacksburg. Escargot is new for us too. I don't. I'm not like that type, so I don't even. I've never had escargot. Um, no, my the the uh, that place was great. I know you're big on the Maya. What is like your top three in uh in uh in Seaville? Yeah, so if the Hokies are coming in next year, hopefully we get this thing taken care of as a country and things are better and the stadium's packed and it'll be awesome and and. Uh, I think Maya is my favorite. It's probably the best stop. Um, you know, I got, I got a shout out um, Fitzroy on downtown mall, which is a good party spot after games. My boy, Kevin owns that. And then I love Mel's Mel's is a real fixture for us. I mean, uh, Mel's is kind of a local fixture right down the street from Maya. So if you're looking to get a quick greasy burger, some sides, that, that sort of thing, some down home stuff hit Mel's. But um, yeah, I mean, That'll be a great weekend. This is going to be a great weekend, but it sucks. Everybody can't enjoy it like together yep. next year. Commonwealth cup is going to be just off the can't chain. I'm praying, man. I'm praying. Can't so. wait. I got one more question for You're you. Good, and then, uh, I just had to ask this because we're doing the Blacksburg and Charlottesville comp. We just got a roots natural kitchen. Oh, Have yeah. you been to roots in Charlottesville? Is that your spot? Roots is good, man. You know, the thing about roots is though, it's so good there's always people lined up out the door and usually uh, they're all like 22, 23 years old. So I feel super old being in line there. <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, I just feel like, I feel like the equivalent of what it would be like if I went back to class, you know, um, but roots is very good. You guys will love that. Oh yeah. The only diss I have of, of, of Virginia tech and I got to leave you on a diss is I am not with the architecture there. Okay. Oh, Whoa. wow. Wow, that is All shocking. Right. I you might be the first one to yeah. say that. <laughs> and I Hokey. took that personally. Hokey Stone. Is that what it is? Hokey Stone, right? Hokey Stone. Yeah, one of one. On. Nobody else does it. You can go to Auburn and see bricks. Come on. What are we what are we talking about? <laughs> well, what about aren't they more like cinder blocks, bro? Our next no. question that we have for you here is uh, I found out that you fi- you finished 10th in the Heisman voting in 07 and you received the first place vote. And that's whoever did that. <laughs> you don't know? You don't no. know who it is? Who did it? I'm asked. I thought you would know. You don't. You don't. You don't know. Man, I don't concern myself with things I never should have won. <laughs> okay. All right. I thought. I thought for sure you would. You would know who it is. But uh, no. I thought that was an interesting one. First place vote and two second place votes. Um, so, hats off to you there. But Chris, I I can't thank you enough for your time. Look, we can have the cinder block debate later. Uh, I love. I love our hokey stone cinder blocks. Uh, but hey, check out the Chris Long Foundation. We're gonna link this in the article when we put out the podcast. Just curious, how can people get involved? Yeah. How can people help you out? What's kind of the mission there? And I uh, just want to leave on that note. I appreciate you plugging it, man. Um, Chris Long Foundation, we've been working at it for five, six years when we formed it. Might have been longer now, I feel old. But we do educational equity work. Uh, we've invested a lot in education. People heard about the stuff we've done in Philly and that sort of thing. Um, but the main thing we do is uh, we tackle the water crisis through Waterboys. So waterboys.org is where you can learn more about it. It's an alliance of athletes and entertainers that are providing clean water to people around the world. It started in Tanzania uh, when we went over to climb Kilimanjaro. And we provided about a half million people with clean water just under right now. And our goal is a million people. So, you know, with the help of fans, I'm sure a lot of tech fans have pitched in. Um, we've had, you know, uh, a number of athletes around the league. And now we're doing domestic uh, projects as well. So right here in rural Virginia, we're serving, you know, single family homes and communities because water, water is not something we take for granted anymore in this country. I mean, just with everything going on and, 
and especially in a pandemic. We're doing work on Navajo Nation right now. If you're an indigenous person, you got 19 times the chance to deal with one of these problems as we do, you know, guys that look like us. So, you know, and, and when you're, you're living in a home where you can't wash your hands, how do you, like, you don't have a faucet. How do you stave off COVID? So the battle is raging on right now. And another thing is any tech athletes that want to help us out, um, come link up with your guy. We, we accept tech athletes as well. Uh, we, we accept tech students, all hands on deck, man. Um, like I said, it's just a rivalry. We can all do good in the world outside it. So check us out, waterboys.org, Chris Long Foundation. Chris, thank you so much. God bless everything you're doing. You can also check them out over on uh, the Greenlight Podcast. Really looking forward to it. Best of luck this weekend. Uh, and uh, and thank you for everything, uh, Chris. We look forward to uh, hopefully talking to you again soon. What was y'all's prediction real quick? One sec. I'm going to go 35-31 tech. I'll go 35-31 tech. I got 31-28 tech. You believe that in your heart, guys? I mean, I always believe, man. <laughs> I, I I don't have. A, look, we're both we're both bad this year. We just gotta somebody 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 has to win. Somebody has to win. Somebody's gotta so, win. Somebody's right, gotta win. Safe, man. Best of luck. Take care of yourself. Take care of that cinder blocks, man. Take care. I mean, how great was that? All time guy. Can't thank Chris long enough for his time. I know he had a huge crunch today. Uh, we're going to keep this thing moving. Two things mentioned by Chris Long that are important to me. Local businesses. The new restrictions came out uh, from Governor Ralph Northam today. Uh, check them out if you have not. But, again, going to be a really tough winter for local businesses that you love, I love, and we love. Our friends over at Localite are doing everything they can to support the businesses in Blacksburg. Keep them open. Keep them operating. Uh, so if you can... And you want to make a difference and you're in your position to make a difference, sign up for the Localite app. Use discount, or I'm sorry, use sign up code Sons of Sat. And um, what we're aiming to do is keep all of the businesses we love alive, whether it is Sharkies, whether it is Tots, whether it is uh, any of the other stores in Blacksburg, Blacksburg Wine Lab, or um, you know, Fifth and First and Main. Just looking to keep everybody afloat, keep everybody, and get them through this. These trying times, and um, that's how we're going to be able to do it. So like Localite with sign-up code Sons of Sat, And also, he mentioned Roots. Roots, an absolutely unbelievable establishment. Hey, look, they're giving you 20% off of your first online order. Remember that, online order, online order, online order. You can't get to the front of the line and say, hey, Sons of Sat. They're going to say, uh-uh, order on the app. You get 20% off. It's pretty simple. The app is great. You can order it ahead of time. Go ahead, pick it up. If we gave them a ton of stickers, they're throwing stickers in the bags. Not sure if they ran out or not. Someone let us know. Tweet us. Let us know if you get a sticker, if we should send them some more. Um, but Roots is so great. I personally like the El Jefe. It is my favorite bowl to get from uh, from Roots myself. But without further ado, Dwight Vick, come on down. All right, everybody. On the next, uh, next on the dossier here, man, we got a busy day today. I'm bringing it. This is long overdue, very, very long overdue. Mr. Dwight Vick, one of the uh, Hoke, my favorite follows on Hokey Twitter, uh, one of the most level-headed, always has a has a level-headed, headed and good take on the timeline. Mr. Vick, how are you? I see the Christmas tree in the back. How's everything going? <laughs> I'm blessed, man. Like as you know, man, I'm one of the hardest working guys out here, man. I'm just trying to 
make sure I make a difference with my businesses and also, man, enjoy the moment. You know, my son had basketball trials this week. Just found out he texted me that he made varsity as a freshman, ninth grader. Oh, cool. And this program that he's at is really good. My daughter's doing great. My youngest daughter's doing good. Um, we're surviving COVID. Um, and I'm just really trying to, you know, enjoy every day, man. I'm just out here living, you know. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, obviously, huge week this week. Uh, you put out the tweet earlier with some of your favorite memories and asking people for their favorite memories. So, I mean, just off the top of the bat, I'm curious. So, Commonwealth Cup, Virginia versus Virginia Tech. You've been following this game for as long as you've been around. What does this game, what does this game mean to you? You know, um, it's special uh, because I, I did a radio show this morning and I think for, you know, my era, the early, the, the earlier UVA Tech games, the late 90s, um, it was so many guys I knew from high school um, and, and it was so many talented players, you know, Anthony Poindexter, Ahmad Hawkins, Wally Rayner, Patrick Kearney, oh my God, Antonio Dingle, Aaron Brooks. Robert Hunt, you know, and I'm missing some people, so I apologize. And in that tech, you had so many great players and Sharon Stiff, Ike Charlton, um, you know, Drunken Miller, J.C. Price, Cornell Brown. The list goes on Torian Gray. Um, I think it, it, it was great and it's always good because I grew up in V.A. And, you know, V.A. is a great state. And, it, and the Commonwealth Cup came around in my early years at Tech. And it's been a great thing to get. And Tech's pretty much owned it. And it's just a special rivalry. I, I hope and pray that one day it will become what the other historical rivalries are. Like, I'm jealous of Alabama-Auburn. I love what Ohio State and Michigan have. And again, I know Ohio State's own Michigan. But again, that's still a, a, one of the historical rivalries and it has relevance. And I, I enjoy when Tech and UVA are both relevant. I think like that 07 game. You know, uh, 2011, that rivalry game, both for the um, the Coastal Division. Um, last year's game was for the Coastal Division. I thought that was really good. You mentioned the atmosphere on one of your podcasts. So for me, the timing of it, it's Thanksgiving week. You're eating your leftovers. You're sitting with your family and friends. The trash talk on Twitter. Um, when it's really relevant, it's a great rivalry. And I think that's that's the part I miss about playing in it, like leading up to it when you're going against guys you may have known since you were 11 years old. And the fact that when you know somebody from your area or even somebody you may know from an all-star game or a football camp, it intensifies the competition. And that's really what, you know, I remember about that game. And, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't, you know, um, Jonathan McLaughlin, um, great tackle that played at Tech, he was saying, post your favorite Commonwealth Cup pictures. This is last year. <laughs> and um, I was looking and I was like, damn. And then he was like, oh, gee, Big Vic, you don't have one? I said, you know, um, I was two and two against UVA. And him and um, Hushan Gaines and all those guys started laughing at me. <laughs> you know, because all they know was beating UVA. So for sure. me, they were like, they were like, damn. And I said, well, my comeback was, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we we lost to them. They were really good. They had the Barber brothers, Tiki and Rondé, and, mm -hmm. and they were really good. Um, that's when, you know, ironically, they were atop of the ACC before the ACC expanded, um, them in Florida State. So, you know, I won two and lost two, but I was uh, jealous of the streak you guys were a part of, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it definitely, you know, I think to get to that point, and uh, we were talking about this a little bit before we press record, uh, it's fun to talk down on UVA. It's fun to kind of make poke fun at UVA and everything. But at the end of the day, 
I want to win every year. I want this to be competitive, like games that matter when we're coming in here and like last year and, uh, you know, all of these other years, like I want this game to, to, to mean something. I want, you know, UVA, I, you got to tip your cap to coach Mendenhall for doing a great job building that program up, but there's so much talent in the state of Virginia. And if, and if you're keeping that talent home and kind of getting back to that, you know, looking at someone across on the other side of the line who you played against in high school, you played with in high school, um, and to have them stop going to Penn State, stop going to Florida State, stop going everywhere else. Um, but no, I think I think on a broader scale for the state of Virginia, it really matters that this game becomes more more important every year. I appreciate you saying that, man, because I I get I get heat every year when I compliment UVA players. I'm like, hey, you know, Perkins last year was a dog. Like, how do you not? respect Perkins when he was the quarterback at UVA best player on the field last year it's not, yeah, even, it's I mean, not even a question and, and, and for me you know it's not about oh look at Vic selling out giving UVA love no I got a lot of guys I'm tight with that with the UVA that were from my area even guys I got you know I mentioned Patrick Kearney I think if you are a competitor I know you were I know I'm definitely one I want both programs to be relevant because I'm you know for the commonwealth but also when you're beating very good teams it helps with your resume um, I think tech fans also, Hokie Nation, a passionate fan base, I think to some degree we were kind of negligent in our viewpoint because don't get it twisted. Um, yeah, there were a few 38 to nothings and 17 nothing when, you know, you had a DB and Vince Hall. But for the most part, you know, even though UVA had hit rock bottom, we were still only winning some of those games 17-14, 21-17. So it wasn't like we were blowing them out. But I think, you know, when, like you mentioned last year and I did as well, when you talk about going against them, when, when it means something for the Coastal, that is, that, that was, it was really fun leading up to that game last year. Um, and that's how it should be. I completely agree. I mean, when, we're, when, we're, when we were getting ready to uh, go through this year, and Pat and Grayson and I had disagreed on this, and some people on the timeline disagree with this, like, I'm be honest. I want UVA to win every game before they play us. I want UVA to be as good as they can possibly be. Every time when we're lining up to play them, I want if they could be undefeated when we play them, I would want them to be undefeated every single time. Um, and <laughs> from a from like you said, from a competitive standpoint, I I can admire a lot of the stuff they've done. I've I've said it before. I love their basketball program. I think their basketball program is class. I think they've done some awesome stuff. But yeah, Ben, it's a great guy. Yeah. So I, you know, definitely a lot of respect for that program. Um, but obviously a huge matchup coming up here this weekend. How has the game changed over the years since you were a participant and then kind of following it along over the last, uh, last two decades here? You know, I think you have obviously the streak, which was, you know, fun. It was, it was wonderful for tech fans. That was a little bit surprising for me because when I was at tech, it was back and forth. We won one, they won one, they won two. When it got to be 19 and one in the last 20 games, now 19 and two, I was like, damn. Um, mm-hmm. I always felt like UVA, ironically, we talk about UVA, now they have a guy in Bronco, but I think their biggest issue were two things. They didn't, they did not have the quarterback. Other than um, um Aaron Brooks and Grow, they went through guys like Jamil Sewell and other guys. They that was the biggest issue I saw. Marcus Higgins was great for them, but he just happened. That's my brother, too, the wide receiver coach at UVA. That's my guy. But at the same time, he was an athlete playing quarterback, and they didn't have – they ran into a buzzsaw with Virginia Tech when Josh Morgan and my cousin Marcus Vick and them rolled in and beat them 51 or whatever. But other than that, the coaching carousel, uh, Mike London and growing all those, and then you had Tech with the stability. 
And I mm-hmm. think at that time, Virginia Tech had a stranglehold on the state in regards to recruiting where Grove and even Mike London, when he came in, but especially with Mike Grove, when he came in, he had a national approach. So the, the rivalry did not seem to have the same mustard. It didn't just have the same spice that it needed to have. And it just was clear and concise that Virginia Tech became the better and more premier program. And I think, you know, when I talked to my UVA guys like Ahmad Hawkins, they said Tech did what they needed to do. They put a, they put, they stepped on the UVA's throat, and they kept their foot there. And that was what I saw, that the game had changed. But at the same time, another factor that I think made the rivalry better was that Virginia Tech got into the ACC. In my day, we were in the Big East, and they were in the ACC. They kind of held it over our head because the Big East was always, oh, viewed as a Milan conference. You're not as good. Even though West Virginia, Pittsburgh was good at that time, Syracuse had Donald McNabb. We were really good, and Miami won two national championships. So that was just because the Big East, everyone knew eventually they were going to fold in football. But the ACC, that's where UVA called home. So the rivalry was important, and both teams were really good, but it got really great when it became a conference game. That's what's changed as well. So um, you, you see the different dynamics in it. Uh, I know that one year when Smoke Mizell and J.C. Coleman and all those guys met the middle of the field and the trash talking, Quinn Blandon and Eli Harrell and all those guys against Bucky Hodges. That's fun to see, man. Um, but again, even on that night, you know, Billy, they were both five and six teams talking trash. You know, mm-hmm. I always wanted to be at least nine and three or eight and three teams or 10 and one teams. I just think that's the biggest thing I've seen change is that it's still relevant, but when UVA wasn't really upholding on their end of the bargain, as far as matching up with tech, it kind of lost a lot where it was almost like, Oh, on Twitter or, you know, on radio shows, they're not really our rival. Miami's our rival, you know, or Georgia tech. A lot of people felt like in the ACC years early on, Georgia tech and Virginia tech were more rivals than UVA and that, it is what it is. That was kind of disappointing because, you know, you thought when we entered the ACC, it was going to be, oh, UVA and Tech, you know, and it didn't have that for a long time. And that's why I was so, I, I mean, in the time that I've been following Tech, uh, last year's game was just, I mean, eons. Every game has been competitive, especially the, the, the first two, uh, the last two Beamer years. But last year, going to Scott uh, as an observer, and I, I'm not sure if you were at the game, but that place was, it was it had to be the best crowd and the best atmosphere that they had there that decade I mean it, it was unbelievable <laughs> our young team going in and uh we talked about this after the pod like after last year I wasn't like I wasn't furious uh, you know that would you go in they were they were a really good team and the environment was great and that is what you kind of want that environment to be every time we line up and play the Cavs yeah you know I saw it I, I didn't go I could have gone but I just stayed you know I wanted to watch it it was Thanksgiving week obviously so I watched it on my living room with my family. What I remember most about that game was, you know, I thought Perkins and the company were going to run wipe the floor with us early on because he had that long run for a touchdown. We couldn't seem to get anything going. Then Virginia Tech took hold and they went back and forth. And I was like, wow, these two teams are really going at it. I think it gave UVA more credibility than what people want to admit from the Hokie Nation perspective because, yes, they were, you could say they were a one-man show and, and they had some tough losses that year, but Bronco had those guys believing. Whether you think smashing the rock is corny, I think he had those guys believing that they belong. And you could tell that they really wanted to beat Virginia Tech. Um, I, I, I feel like, though, there's a moment in that game, and I watched that game several times. I DVR a lot of the games. 
I do believe when Tech was up 20 to 13 and Hooker hit Hazleton on the left side of the field and out a comeback route, he caught it in my perspective, in mm-hmm. my opinion. The ref reviewed it and he said it hit the ground. I think if Tech gets that first down, they go on, they score. I think they, at worst they go up, you know, 10, but I think they were going to score a touchdown because they had gotten hot. Hooker and them woke up. You almost wonder, does UVA win that game? Because in the back of their mind, they had to be thinking, yes, we have Perkins, but they, here we go again with Virginia Tech. And that's, that's what that streak did to them psychologically. And then you throw in the fact that, if people don't remember, even though Perkins got hot in that game, um, Virginia Tech was able to take the lead because they had kind of adjusted and Perkins wasn't throwing the ball that well and, and Tech slowed him down. But again, as we break that game down last year, that just shows you that, you know, when you have two good football teams in a rivalry game, that meant more than just the Commonwealth Cup. It was for the Coastal. That's how it should be. I think this week, from a Hokie Nation perspective, it's kind of sad that, we you know, we're on the other side of the fence, you know, just trying to get a win versus playing for something more substantial than the Commonwealth Cup. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be uh, it's going to be something else. And who knows what the with bowl game or anything else. But I mean, I think what it really boils down to is like you need this one. You need this one to calm everything <laughs> else down, get uh, get to basketball season. I mean, I'm definitely I'm definitely excited. Uh, I think it's I think it's going to be a really, really fun matchup. Um, what, what would you say are the keys to the game? What are you going to be watching uh, Saturday night? You know what? I'm I'm honestly, I think Virginia Tech's gonna be able to score. I think they're gonna be able to run the ball. I don't think UVA secondary is really that good. I, I watched them play four or five times this year. Louisville threw on them well. Duke threw on them very well. Um, you know, they they um against Carolina, they UVA won that game. Carolina historically doesn't do well at UVA, but uh they threw all over UVA, um, Carolina did. And, you know, UVA, obviously, UNC, excuse me, their offense is, is prolific. They can score. And they got those great running backs. And they got Daz Newsom and company. I think what I look for is Virginia Tech to play with emotion throughout the game. Um, they have shown against Miami and against other opponents, they can start off great, but they have to sustain it. Other than Pittsburgh, they've shown, and Wake, they've shown they, when they score and get in the rhythm, they're actually um, a very efficient offense. What I look to see is Virginia Tech to control that game with their running game, keep keep Armstrong off the field. He, like it or not, and, you know, he's not a phenomenal quarterback. He is not Perkins, but he's played well for them, and they've got confidence. They've covered the spread the last four games, and they're playing hot and confident. I think so what Tech has to do is similar to what they did with Clemson is keep them off the field and, and move the sticks and keep them behind the chains and also – keep them playing catch up and make them more one dimensional. Because I think if you do that, you contain Armstrong because he likes to run. I think Virginia Tech will be able to win the game. But honestly, really take out the X's and the O's. I think Virginia Tech's team wise, their biggest issue in losses that I've seen throughout the season is lack of emotion. Um, When they were going against Clemson last week, when the sprinklers went off and you saw Dax jumping up and down and the sidelines, and when um, Diablo got the pick, when they're fully engaged, mentally aroused, they're all into it, I think they are emotionally tough to beat. And then that means that translates to running the ball better. All of a sudden, off the liner, moving the pocket, moving the pile. And then Hooker, you know, he's getting off, and Khalil being healthy helps out a lot. And I think if all that comes into fruition, then Tech should be in great shape. Um but UVA, make no mistake about it, will enter Lane Stadium, having won last year and also won their previous games. They're going to come in that game with a lot of confidence. 
I appreciate you bringing that up uh, because, you know, I've said it multiple times on how, how difficult of a year this is. And it was, it was so refreshing to see the team. I mean, when Dax ran over to the sideline and you got that aerial shot, everybody, it's like, that's, that's what it's about. And we've seen so few of that uh, in the last four to five games. You had it when Matheny had the interception against mm. Duke, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have had it on the, uh, on the block kick against Liberty, but that gets called back. Mm. But that was the first time you really saw that energy of like guys having fun, getting out there and getting after it. And I, and I think, I think, uh, this team this week, there's no way that they won't be riled up. You're playing at home, uh, pull out all the stops. We seem to be pretty healthy. Um, so, you know, I just, I just want to see the guys get out there, compete. Um, they deserve to have some fun. It's been, a, Billy, it's been a rough year. Let me just add this. And I know people, you know, text lost four straight, but I just want to remind people again, this might be the fanboy in me, but I mean, I'm also talking from an analytical standpoint last year, Everyone, including those guys on the ACC network, were saying if the hottest team in the ACC last year was not Clemson. In November, it was Virginia Tech. They had the shutouts, and Virginia mm-hmm. Tech had just shut out um, Georgia Tech. They could have scored 70 on them. Then yep. they come back, and they shut out Pittsburgh, who, yep. even though that was in lane, Pittsburgh's been a thorn in Virginia Tech's side. Mm-hmm. Okay? 28 to nothing. UVA gave up a ton of points and almost lost to Georgia Tech. So in that game, Virginia Tech was playing better ball. UVA was scrambling along, and all of a sudden, UVA just knew they seized the moment. That's why I said, even though it sounds like a cliche and it's kind of corny at times, at the end of the day, you can't really go off what's previously happened with both teams because Virginia Tech last year, I thought without a doubt they were going to beat UVA. I thought if anything, UVA was going to beat them in 2018. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I think when you look at the matchup, uh, Virginia Tech, you know, they'll be in a situation where if they can continue to sustain some success, specifically on offense, I think when Tech's good on offense this season, I'm speaking of, the defense can follow suit. Um, but if, you know, the defense is put in some tough positions, you know, with the secondary we have, you can, it, can, it can mean for a long day. And I hope that doesn't happen. You got a prediction for, uh, for Saturday? I'm not really good at predictions. Um, I don't know. Um, let me give you something. Um, I think Tech 31, UVA 24. Um, okay. Hooker is 24 in the fourth quarter, tied at 24, and Hooker leads him on a drive. Uh, and he breaks the long run, and they go up, and he celebrates with his team, and we win 31-24. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, I, so, see, I wish I'd known that. I would have <laughs> No, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, uh, the breakdown there in uh, live in action. Um, so we talked about this before the pod started. Uh, appreciate the insight here. We added this to the dossier a little late because because Dwight, this this is something that's been a long time coming. I want to do a larger scale kind yeah. of um, yeah. kind of di- dissection on the program and everything else that's going on. Um, but this one question is one I took a lot of heat for uh, when I tweeted it, and I kind of want to I kind of want to talk through my mm-hmm. actual thoughts of it. Uh, I went on and I said that the bull streak is overrated and that it needs to stop stop being talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I, I didn't word it very effectively, but I, I just want to kind of clarify how I feel about it and then kind of get your thoughts. I think the bowl streak, it's obviously significant. We're the only team in the country that can, that can tout that accomplishment. Uh, and a lot of it has to do and is tied to the incredible hard work that has been laid for decades, uh, through coach Beamer, through coach Fuente, coach Foster, the legends that have gone through Virginia tech that has sustained success. It's very impressive. Um, but if that is your barometer for success is 
going six and six and kind of saying at the end of the season, keep the streak alive, keep the streak alive, keep the streak alive. I know fans want more than going to, you know, the uh, Beefo Brady bowl or whatever bowl it is or going 500. Uh, I hate that that's become the barometer of, of success. And I hate that that's like the most front of people's mind thing when it comes to Virginia tech, it used to be, and should be toughness. It should be uh, sustained success. It should be incredible fan uh, fan environment, difficult place to play. And I understand we've gotten away from that, and that's probably why the bull streak has become so prevalent. Mm. Um, but it just it's been driving me nuts that that's kind of the the focal point of everybody's kind of agenda. I would love to kind of get your thoughts on the bull streak so, and kind of that sentiment. I appreciate you asking me this because this is something you can't just tweet our conversation because somebody will take a portion of it. And they'll say that you're hating on it or you've given up, whatever they'll feel. I don't care. At the end of the day, Norm Wood asked me in an interview last year, maybe it was him or Mike Barber. I cannot remember. But they asked me, what would you rather have, the UVA win streak or the bowl streak? And I showed my age a little bit because I said, well, technically, I would much rather have the bowl streak. This was last year because, or maybe it was 2018 when we were looking at the bowl streak ending. I think it was because... Um, we were looking like the bowl streak was going to end. It was two years ago, three years ago, and we were looking like we were going to lose to Perkins and them his junior year. And long story short, I felt the bowl streak was more important at that time because it means you're winning and you're relevant. But to your point, what I've seen transpire here in the last few years is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, and hopefully some of your listeners maybe tweets me later when this airs, I remember there were some five and seven teams going to bowl yeah, games last year. That's the thing. Okay. This they don't mean the they don't mean the same in, in 2020, yeah. 2019. You got you got five and seven teams going to play a bowl game, and it's like, is that an accomplishment? Is that something yeah, to be so fired up about? I, I you know, the only streak that I used to really get excited about, obviously you want to keep beating UVA, but the one streak I was really disappointed with too is when we had that consecutive weeks ranked streak. Because when you're mm-hmm. ranked, you're relevant. And then we had the 10 or more wins. Of, you know, winning game streak, you know, we yeah. won in 10 or 11 games. Those streaks were very important to me because when you're winning 11 games, 10, 10 or more games, I think it was eight years in a row. And then at one time, nine of 11, that means you're really playing great football and you're a relevant program. And most likely you're a top 10, top 12 program, top 15. Um, I, the bowl game now, I mean, I remember when I went to the military bowl, I was on the sideline when JC Coleman, had that great game rushing and Shane yep. was the head coach because Frank had surgery. It was great to see all the orange maroon in the military bowl. I'm going to tell you something though. I remember going home that day. I had all my hokey gear on. I was feeling good, but then I got home looking for the highlights. It didn't even get a highlight. It was on the bottom line of ESPN because we were seven and six mm-hmm. and outside of Virginia tech, we beat Cincinnati that year. Um, nobody cared. No, um, no. I mean, really, the story in that day was Shane coaching. And then they show Beamer dancing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like we deserve better. We should want more. I remember they asked Coach Fuente one time, would he ever dance like Frank Beamer after a big win? He said, well, I hopefully we'll have more important wins than that. And, and, and people took it as shade, but I know what he meant. Like beating a, a, a five and six UVA team on the road when you're five and six should not be a standard. And no. that's what has happened with the bowl games. When I saw the five and seven, I don't know if it was Nebraska, it was somebody that was five and seven. And then, you know, it's like, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's, it's, we should want more. I mean, it, it, to me, I want to see this program become relevant again, where at least we're a top 20 team 
and we're a dark horse or we're favored to win the Coastal and we're playing for something important in November. When you're playing for something important in November, it's good because if you're winning like you should, a bowl game should be second. Expected. It should, it should be, be it should be expected. <laughs> yeah. uh, and 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 again, I don't want to take anything away. It's a great experience for the kids. Like I remember when I went to the bowl games, I went to places that I had never been before. You get the extra practice, you get the extra time with your team. The uh, young guys get extra time to get some reps when the older guys are taking a week off or so. So it's definitely important. But from a fan perspective, that shouldn't that that should not be the goal. Um, so <laughs> no. I'm, I'm glad we kind of found something. No, I think the, I think the fans look at it as like. I want to go to Orlando and watch my Hokies play and I want to fly. I get it, man. You know, it's really cool. You know, if your team is eight and three or eight and four and you go down to Florida and you're playing a team, you know, um, from the big 12, a team you might not see like Oklahoma state or something. But again, if you're winning, you know, you're, you're going, that should be expected. I think what happened and this is going to sound funny but what happened is we started losing things that were tangible. And we needed to hold on to something. I think, yeah, you know, it was almost like, well, we, we're going to bowls. You guys can't even go to a bowl. And I'm like, bro, like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> we're going to look at the bowl game. When you're playing on a bowl game on December 23rd and the game starts at five o'clock on a Wednesday, <laughs> you're not really doing anything special because you should be in a better position. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Nobody, nobody. What happens with fans? We become so biased and have tunnel vision that we don't. I, 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 I watch a lot of college football, and I, I've said this to you. I said this to anybody. I am jealous and envious of the relevant rivalry games or relevant games when you are just irrelevant and you're playing just to be playing, and nobody outside of your Hokie Nation cares about your game. That's when you should want more for your program and your team. That should not be the standard. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I've said that before a few times. Like, you know, I, and again, I've changed my tune because I didn't realize until that season or maybe a year after that five and seven teams were going to bowl games. That's just crazy, you know. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And I guess what it really comes down to is uh, whether you like it or you don't, it's not going to change until either the bowl streak ends, which is possible, or we finally get something else to to kind of clamor on to. Because right now yeah. it's, the West Virginia win in 2017. It's the uh, Notre Dame win against the four four win Notre Dame team. I might add, but uh, we need some more thing. We need some more stuff to be excited about. No doubt. And, uh, no doubt. I said it on the last podcast. Basketball is great. Love watching basketball. It just doesn't hit the same as uh, as as some football success, which is what we're clamoring for here. Yeah. Well, for basketball to be relevant, even though I love my young, I got a son that hoops. So, hey, mm-hmm. Coach Young, in another year or two, man, let's talk. <laughs> uh, I'm serious. Yeah, that would be a blessing to keep that Vic legacy sure. going. But, you know, I'll just say this. The reason why I don't think basketball hits the same is because they had that great moment when they should have beat Duke in the Sweet 16, and they had some moments with Buzz. But until you start getting that consistency where you're going to the tournament and you're being the upper echelon ACC teams, you're just a good basketball program. Like right now, we're a very good program, but we're not there where we need to be. And right now, I'm not going to get into – I had got some guys trying to debate me. I think right now, it's not about whether we're a football school, but right now football has put Virginia Tech on the map where the other sports can eat because football had such a great run and success. So I feel like when football is not right, Tech's not right because the wrestling program is special. You know, and the track and field team is great. And basketball has the potential to be just as great. But 
it just doesn't feel right, man, when in November and October, you know, we're not winning games, you know? <laughs> I couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, yeah, really looking forward to this weekend. And in terms of kind of tying this all together, we're going to definitely have another conversation here coming up soon. But I want to give you the opportunity and, and, and thank you. I mean, I've said I've said this on Twitter multiple times, like you have embodied Prosum in everything that you have done in, mm-hmm. in the state of Virginia and helping people out, young, young folks and people around the area. Uh, I just wanted to thank you for that. You've been incredible, and I'm looking forward to kind of pair, pairing up and seeing how we can help you uh, make a difference. But what are some of the focuses here uh, coming up in 2021? Want to talk about what you have going on and just kind of hear a little bit about what's going on so in your world. So I have Victory Life LLC, which you guys see me post. That's the stuff. My That's my for-profit business where we do. It's outpatient counseling, family therapy, mentoring, high school internship programs, contracts, doing life skills groups with high schools in Fairfax and um, in uh, Prince William County and even done some schools in D.C., Blue High School in Southeast D.C. Um, so I get contracts throughout the state and throughout the region, helping kids, providing the life skills and mentoring and counseling stuff. And then I have my 501c3 Victory Life Youth Sports, where we do symposiums, fundraisings, helping, you know, community service, helping kids and families that are at risk or need help, whether it's, you know, homeless families or people needing, you know, you know, food, clothing, helping them, as well as, you know, that program, Victory Life Youth Sports, we also have um, three basketball teams. My son's team, the VA Legends, um, AAU program, the Lady Legends, um, and then um, the VA Legends Red Team. But I know I have my hand in a lot of different pots, but I'm big on giving back. I do tons of speaking engagements, fundraisers. Um, I've donated my time and money to give back. You know, at the end of the day, Billy, you know, um, I'm not going to talk too much about my program, my company, because I think, you know, if you see me, you know what I'm about. And hopefully I can get back on and, and do more about it where I'm not just forgetting some things that we do. But I will say this, the reason why I'm so passionate and even after losses, I kind of keep it in perspective. I've seen what real life means. Like I had a great time my five years at Virginia Tech, but then when I graduated and I got cut from the Ravens and tried out for some other teams, the real world comes. And I'm blessed to be married with three beautiful children, a beautiful wife, but I've lost three Tech teammates to tragedies, you know, cancer. Um, I've, seen, I've lost people to COVID. So my, my point is, as much as we love our football team and we love sports, don't lose perspective on life. You know, I don't mean to preach on your show, but like, I love this. I love what you're doing. I love what I do. I love the fact that I have a platform and people love what I do. But just keep in mind that we have a responsibility to give back and, and, and give back and appreciate others and help them find their way. Like we can't lose sight of that. And I think that's what happens sometimes is that we are so consumed with the here and now until we start experiencing our own issues. So whether it's breast cancer awareness, um, helping the homeless out. I'm big on mental health because if people don't realize, you know, I had two degrees from Virginia Tech, two from Liberty. So I have two masters, two bachelors, and I'm a licensed therapist. So you you probably won't see too many six foot five, 360 pound <laughs> therapists, but I am. And I've helped a lot of young men and women and, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. So Victory Life is about leaving a legacy. You know, that's what you see with the hoodie. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what it's about. Let's leave a legacy the same way you're leaving one right now with the sons, um, the same way Beamer does, uh, you know, his son, Shane, and all the different great Hokies that have come through, even people from other schools. Let's leave a legacy. Let's have an impact. You know, you really, 
you know, people come at me, oh man, you know, I say, don't talk politics with me. And they're like, why? I don't want to talk politics. I want to talk about solutions. I'm solution focused. And I'm not going to get emotional and lose sight of what's important when I can make a difference. You know, when I played, I tried to kill you, but off the field, I'm a teddy bear, you know? Um, and that's the way I'm going to live my life, man. You know, and I just think we can spend time arguing and fighting with each other. We can spend time trying to help each other out, you know? So, when it's all said and done, Victory Life U Sports and Victory Life LLC, it embodies community service, leaving a legacy, giving back, mentoring, um, paying it forward, fundraising, helping, the helping profession. So hope that makes sense to you guys. If those listening want to check it out, you can check out my website, www.victorylife.com. That's V-I-C-K-T-O-R-Y Life. And also hit me up on Twitter if you ever want to know more about how to give back to our youth programs. If you want to know more about, you know, the counseling and mental health piece, hit me up. If you ever want me to talk about mental health and what that does, um, anything, man, and help people out. That's what I'm about, Billy. Dwight, I absolutely love that. And we'll be sure to link that in the uh, in the wrap, uh, the write-up that we have going out. But uh, looking forward to doing more of this. I love uh, I love chopping it up with you. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we get a, get a good uh, get a good result here on Saturday night. No doubt, man. I appreciate you having me, man. And tell Grayson and the boys, I said, what's up? And, uh, man, hopefully next time we chop it up, we're talking about something more positive and something sure. like after a W, you know? <laughs> I got you. Have a go, and Dwight. Thank you. You too. Thank you. That was Dwight Vic. Thank you for joining us, Dwight. Thanks for coming on Sons of Saturday. We're looking forward to having you back on in the future. The the original son of Udprosum, that Dwight Vick. We are going to turn over to our last interview of the day prior to this uh, UVA showdown on Saturday. We're bringing on former uh, defensive back, former safety at Virginia Tech, Davon Morgan. Uh, Davon is currently coaching in Division II football and uh, is from Richmond, Virginia. He won three ACC championships and uh, one second team all ACC as well uh, while at Tech and uh, spent a little bit of time in the NFL. Davon Morgan was a captain of the team. Uh, he's a high energy guy. He's a high character guy. He's a locker room guy and uh, really excited to to hear what he's got going on, to hear his thoughts on the game. And also, uh, if you stick around to the end, to hear uh, what he has to say about uh, bringing the Virginia Tech alumni uh, football community together uh, down the future. So before we get into that here, and before we hear his Sharky shoutouts, uh, I have to have to make a plug to our good friends at Uscape Apparel. Actually, Billy Ray, he was wearing his Uscape Apparel uh, crew neck, Burris Hall crew neck, while we were sitting down with Chris Long earlier today. Uh, you can check that out on the video that we posted. But uh, Uscape Apparel, rep your skyline. There are dozens of schools that are licensed with Uscape Apparel, and it's cool. They have they have the clock tower, they have the big administrative building on campus. You know, they have the Lane Stadium. Uh, Virginia Tech has the focus of Torque Bridge. It has the focus of Burris Hall. You get your little Lane Stadium castle, uh, whatever those castle you know things are. It's kind of like in, in chess when you have the rook. Uh, the rook is the guy on the end, right? So uh, you know the castle thing that Lane Stadium has. Anywho, besides the point. Uscape Apparel, Sons of Saturday. Go check them out. Go check out uscapeapparel.com. Go check out Uscape Apparel on Instagram. You can use promo code Sons of Sat for 15% off your Uscape Apparel order. 
rep your skyline, rep the Hokies, support Uscape, support Virginia Tech. Also, a lot of tie-dye, too. A lot of tie-dye. If you're not into repping the skyline, there's some non-skyline designs. So check that out as well, but Uscape Apparel. Uh, but let's jump into this interview with Davon Morgan. All right, everybody. So it's been a jam-packed day. You know, we started, we kicked things off with Chris Long. He was great. We had Billy Ray sit down with Dwight Vick and another awesome interview. And then we are finishing it off here with number two out of Richmond, Virginia, Davon Morgan, former Virginia Tech safety and uh, standout with the Hokies, was on the uh, the Hokies from 2006 to 2010. So we've, we've had two stars on. Are we saving the best for last? I mean, you know, I guess you could say that, you know, with all these rings that we have, you know. <laughs> Davon is set up here. He's got the uh, he's got the Letterman jacket on. We got the uh, the VT always polo repping. on, VT hat, always repping the Nike Pro Combats from the Boise State game. Uh, number two jersey hung up in the bath in the background there. But uh, welcome to the Sons of Saturday. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I heard, heard a lot about you guys and your podcast, so I'm, I'm excited to be here. So we were chatting on the phone earlier. We were breaking it down, what we were going to chat about here uh, on this episode and on this interview. It is rivalry week, and I know that you were taking some issue with one of the phrases that's been going around. Rivalry renewed. Tell us what you think about that. You got to win more than one game for a rivalry to be renewed. You know what I mean? You got to win some championships or something. I mean, I don't know what else to say, you know. Um, See you Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, obviously we won 15 in a row. We're all excited. There's nothing like, you know, continuing this streak. Last year, uh, the Who's finally, finally, you know, the blind squirrel finds the nut. And the uh, Virginia Ta- Virginia Cavaliers uh, take home the cup or uh, take the cup to Charlottesville. The home is in Blacksburg. But uh, what was that like? You know, where were you watching? Like, w- what was what was the group chat saying? What w- what was uh, the reaction from you? Uh, honestly, man, you know that. Remember the year before we almost lost, and everybody left the stadium and everybody was gone. I'm a true Hokie fan. Win, lose, or draw, I'm going to watch till the clock says 0-0. You know what I mean? So when we won the year before at that, that fumble recovery in the end zone and all that kind of stuff, I was just like, next year is going to be a tough one. We got to bring it, you know. But, uh, nah, man, uh, I was hurt, you know. Uh, that cup is legendary. Um, we've we've done uh, many a tours with that cup around Blacksburg after – beating UVA at home a few times, you know, I'm sure you've seen pictures of me with the cup drinking out of it. I feel like I started a trend there drinking out <laughs> of the cup. And now you just see it continuously to go on, you know? So, uh, nah, uh, I was sitting at home. I was at Richmond at my apartment watching the game, man. And it was bittersweet to see it happen, but I mean, I don't take nothing away from those guys. They, they were the better team that day. They won, but in order for a rivalry, to be renewed, like I said, you got to win more than one game, you know, to us. Um, it's, it's, it's like beating up on your little brother. You know what I'm saying? After 15 years, it's like, is this a rivalry or is it like, bro, leave me alone before I put you in the haylock and give you a, a nuggie or a wedgie or something. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you were on uh, 2007. 
That was probably the biggest uh, Tech UVA game in your tenure. It was uh, whoever won the game went to the uh, ACC championship representing the Coastal. Awesome game in Charlottesville. Tyrod has a nice touchdown. Eddie Royal has a sweet touchdown. Chris Ellis is mouthing off to Jameel Sewell and beating him up pretty good. 2008, you had the uh, you had the um, Jason World, Pernell Sturdivant stacks, Buds running all the way down the sideline, yeah. freaking out. Uh, big time yeah. win and big time win in the All Maroon. And uh, actually, that's the last time we have worn All Maroon in this rivalry. Twelve we years ago, 2008. Jerseys, man. we missed yeah. those. Those jerseys were legendary. Yeah, that that sent us to the uh, ACC championship as well. 17-14 dub. 2009, back in Charlottesville, all white Nike Pro Combats. Uh, I think I think Rue had like incredible day on the ground. Tyrod had a good game, and uh, the defense was phenomenal man. Defense showed up again, and then 2010. We all know about that 2010 game. How we just dominated from the from the uh, from the opening kick. But you know that that's four years and four solid victories but what overall you know when you look at this game what does this game against the Virginia Cavaliers mean to you to me man um for us in my opinion you know being being a Hokie in the glory days you know and those guys only winning one of these matchups in the last what 17 18 years it's to me it's just another game you know um these guys are plenty capable for sure. You know, they, they own scholarship too now, but for us, I think this game is about us. I think this game is truly Virginia tech versus Virginia tech. Because when you, when you look at it, we have all of the tangibles, we have all of the tools, we have all of the athletes, we have the ability to be a stellar program, you know, Um, we've had some miscues over the, you know, last couple of weeks, you know, couple of years. And I mean, when you look at it, we just got to get back to doing what we do best. And that's playing for each other, you know, the brotherhood and just laying it all on the line for each other. And I think if we do that, this is an easy win. I don't, I honestly don't believe that they can keep up with us. Our record really does not define us as a football team. And then, you know, in your time there at Virginia Tech, you were a captain on that team. You know, what was it like being a captain on that 2010 roster that had so much talent? You know, you, you go down 0-2 after Boise and JMU, you rip off 11 straight wins. But, um, you know, that was a talented group of guys. You know, what what was it like being a captain in that room? And sell me and sell all of us on why that 2010 group is the best class in Virginia Tech history? Um, man, you sent chills down my spine just now thinking about it. Uh, attitude reflects leadership. You know what I mean? And I remember, um, like it was yesterday, we go to Boise. I mean, we go to Washington, D.C. We play at FedEx. We lose a, 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 a tough one against Boise State. And then we turn around that same week on a Saturday to play JMU in the rain and I mean, no excuses. You know, both of those teams, they they took it to us. They brought the fight to us. And starting our senior season off 0-2, man, it was just – it put a bad taste in our mouths, you know. Um, right after the JMU game, I mean, literally, our phones were blowing up from 
the former players, you know, the Justin Harpers, the Xavier Debies, the 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 the, the Brandon Flowers, the Macho Harris, the DJ Parkers, Brendan Hill, you know what I mean? Like all of these guys are calling us and I can't ignore the call. I know what they're calling, you know what I mean? So, I mean, we took, you're talking about a tail, a ass chewing now. All right, excuse my language, but man, those guys lit into us on the phone. And me, Tyrod, John Graves, Shar Carmichael, um, Andre, you know, we all were captains on that team and we called a players only meeting after the JMU game. And in that meeting, we let it be known that this isn't the Virginia Tech way. This isn't how we handle things. You know, um, it was it was some tough losses. And, you know, Coach Beamer even said it himself. If he could do it again, he wouldn't have had us play Monday and Saturday. But I think we were suited for that. I think we could have made that happen. But I don't know. I can't explain it. You know, it was just – it was bittersweet. So when we called the players only meeting, we led into a lot of guys. And honestly, in that players only meeting, it was almost some 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 fist thrown. It was almost a couple of fights in that players only meeting because we had to call out a lot of guys and tell them about themselves, you know. And for for a bit, you felt like some guys thought that they were bigger than the program. And everybody just after that day, after that players only meeting, we left there feeling like, okay, if you're not on board, you're not stepping on this field with us. But everybody bought in. We refocused and we just decided to take it one game, one week at a time. And before you know it, it was week 10, we playing against Miami. And if we beat Miami, we clinched the game. And you notice that season, we started a couple of games off losing 17-0, 17-3. I mean, I remember being at NC State and we down. Russell Wilson is putting it on us, you know. I know I gave up a touchdown that game and it was just literally, we knew, okay, we're not going to stop Russell Wilson. He's going to throw for $300, but we got to contain him. And J. Ron Hosley goes for three interceptions. Um, I have a big hit that game. I mean, it was just – you can go game after game after game, and it was just guys were relentless. Guys played together. If if we made a mistake, Tyrod would come up to me and say, hey, we got you. If Tyrod in the office made a mistake, we'd come up to them, hey, stay focused. We're going to get the ball back. And it was just the the will to win, the want to you know, it was just attitude and we just, I don't know, man, I, I would go to war with any of those guys any day and to to finish it off the way we did was was amazing. Um, we fell short at the Stanford game, you know, but I mean, that was a season to remember. Could not have said it better. And you said you got chills down your spine. I'm getting chills down my spine because that was, that was such a special team, man. That was such a, a fun time. Uh, you know, that Miami game, man, uh, when we won that game and then we beat UVA right. uh, and HC championship of how we just completely uh, dominated Florida State. Just so much fun. And can't believe it was a decade ago. Uh, right. It's crazy. Right. Time flies when you're having fun, man. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so definitely want to bring that energy here into this weekend on the field. I got to hear a uh, key to the game and a score prediction. Ooh, Key to the game in the score position. And I mean, well, score. I think we just need to do what we do best. I think we need to do what we do best, you know. Um, I honestly feel that we we can win at all phases of the game, you know. 
If we if we stay ahead of the chains, you know, stay on time, protect the ball on defense. We come out, play sound football, tackle well, um, special teams, you know, run down the field. Everybody just do their responsibilities, and I think this win will take care of itself again, man. Um, I'm not going to predict score. I don't do those type of things. You know, I don't <laughs> – I leave that up to Vegas or something like that, you know. <laughs> but I, I honestly truly believe, man, like I was saying in the beginning, is this game is really about us being us. You know, I don't care what they do. Um, I don't believe in UVA. It never have, never will, you know. And no disrespect to anyone, I'm just calling it like it is. You little brothers, be ready to take this tail with them. You know, and I know they can't talk too much, but I'm going to say it for them. We coming. <laughs> so Virginia Tech, show up, do your job. The rest will take care of itself. Uh, before we let you go here, and this has been a ton of fun, uh, got to know, what do you got going on right now? I know you're in coaching. Uh, would love to hear about that. And then I uh, want to give you the opportunity to make some shout outs. Oh, man. Well, uh, right now um, I'm in college football coaching. Um, I was just recently at Audison Broadish University here in uh, West Virginia, Philippi, West Virginia. Um, actually resigned that to go back to do um, my own company called Wizard Fundamentals LLC, which is where I do player development. And I also do mentoring for the inner city youth. Um, working on a couple of projects, getting this nonprofit thing, getting off the ground and in the meantime, still trying to work on uh, getting some some better opportunities at the college football level. Uh, got a couple of interviews set up for a couple of FCS schools. Um, I won't mention any names. I don't want to sabotage <laughs> myself, you know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm just over the years, you know, Coach Beamer, Coach Foster, Torian Gray, Charlie Wiles, Coach Kavanaugh. Um, you know, we had guys like Cornell Brown. As a, as a GA, we had Anthony Midget, who's coaching that. I think he's at the Tennessee Titans now. Uh, I mean, I can I can go on and on about a lot of guys that I've learned a ton of football from and the way they coach their style, their pedigree, you know, uh, it, it made me want to become a coach, you know, because it's hard to win ball games. You know what I mean? And coming from a winning culture, it's 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 the cloth is different. The fabric is different. The way we think is different. You know what I mean? The way we go about our business is how we're going to do it. You know what I mean? And everything was want to. Everything about what we did was want to. And that's what made me want to be a coach, to be able to change lives and, 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 and you know, make an impact on the game itself. You know, so... I got a couple of things lined up. Um, I'm working on getting on the D1 level and the coaching aspect. Been at the D2 level for a couple of years, man. And overall, I'm ready for the challenge of stepping up to the big leagues. You know, I want to shout out to everybody, the whole Virginia Tech family as a whole. You know, we've been going through some things, but weather the storm, y'all. All right, we'll be back. Weather the storm and stay together. We all we got and we all we need. You understand? Um, in the meantime... I'm going to put this in the air. You guys stay tuned. Now we're working on something real big for the Hokie community, getting some guys to come back in the community and putting together uh, an annual golf event that will 
potentially be hosted around spring ball time every year. Um, and ideally it's going to be either a day before the spring game or a couple of days for the spring game depends on some, some things we need to work out some, some details. So stay tuned on that. And it's going to be huge because we're going to have some big names involved from, you know, Michael Vick to, to Bruce Smith, to Brian Randall, um, even some couple of VT golfers like Bryce Chalkley, you know, uh, we got, we got some interesting things going on. So you guys stay tuned, man. We're going to bring this family thing back together as a, as a niche and let's stay together. He's Davon Morgan. I'm Pat Finn. And I love that energy. Let's go get ourselves a win this weekend. Yes, sir.